Grasp the Bible is a podcast of Spring Baptist Church that walks through selected books of the Bible, verse by verse, as well as spends time exploring biblical ideas and topics to help you understand and apply God's Word in your daily life. Pastor Dale Stein of our Klein Campus will be leading each week's podcast. This is our 130th episode. Thank you for joining us. As we close out 2023 and look forward to 2024, maybe you are already making New Year's resolutions. Perhaps one of your resolutions is to engage in consistent Bible reading. This seven-week series is designed to help you be a better student of the Bible so you can continue to uncover the hidden treasures of God's Word. What does a Greek God have to do with interpreting the Bible? Today, Pastor Daryl introduces us to the idea of hermeneutics, which is the art and science of interpreting the Bible. He will discuss what hermeneutics is, why it is important, and five key components of biblical hermeneutics. Finally, he will present two approaches to the task of interpretation. 2 Timothy 2.15 says this, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. These words from the Apostle Paul to his protege Timothy remind us of our responsibility to rightly interpret the Word of God. After all, God has spoken to us through His Word, and it is of utmost importance that we understand what He says. This is why we need sound hermeneutics. Now, big word, right? Hermeneutics. Well, did you know we actually get this word from the Olympian god Hermes among his responsibilities, he was a herald. He was a personal messenger of Zeus, the king of the gods. So he was the one who delivered the message, or basically he was the interpreter for the king. So hermeneutics is simply the science and the art of biblical interpretation. It's a science because there are rules for interpreting scripture, just as there are rules for driving a car. If you do not know the rules, you will not know how to drive properly. Beyond knowing the principles, however, you must also know when to apply them. Because of this, hermeneutics can also rightly be called an art. Since scripture is not monolithic because it contains multiple genres and was written over a vast period of time by many authors in different languages, it requires discernment to know which rules of interpretation to apply to any given text to find its intended meaning. That ultimately is the goal of hermeneutics, to understand how to interpret the text to find its intended meaning. Now, why is this so important? Because we need to understand what the big A author, God, wants us to know. So the primary concern when interpreting the Bible is finding the human author intended meaning and God's intended meaning. We all too often approach studying the Bible with this approach that is to read the text and then ask, what does this mean to me? But while seeking to apply the text to our life is important, it should never be the first question we ask of Scripture. Instead, the first question should be, what did the author intend to communicate? So just like when you get an email or a text message from someone, the person who sent that to you intends to convey a specific 
message, right? And it may or may not be what you interpret it to be, but your task as the receiver is to do your best to understand what that person intended. And so what that person intended might be different from what you understand it to be. So skipping over the question of what did the author intend to communicate can cause misunderstandings and misapplications of the text. So we're going to talk about some foundational hermeneutical concepts that will help when looking for the author's intended meaning in a text of Scripture. Hermeneutics is foundation to theological study. It's foundational. Whether or not they know it, every biblical reader interprets the Bible through their own hermeneutic. Developing a clearly communicated biblical hermeneutic helps Bible students to understand the biases they bring into their interpretive work. Because you and I each bring our own life experiences, our own context, all these things to bear on Scripture. And it's important for us not to allow us to read into the Bible from those perspectives. And without effective and faithful methods of interpretation, we can't understand the meaning of the text and therefore build cohesive biblical theologies and therefore a Christ-honoring, mission-driven Christian life. There's an author, Steve Bond, and in his article on hermeneutics for the Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary, he notes that how we interpret the Bible has much in common with how we interpret other texts, but the difference between the biblical texts and texts from law, literature, and the sciences is that despite the 66 biblical books having been written by many people over a period of 1,500 years, the Bible claims God as its ultimate author, and that's significant. So why is biblical hermeneutics important? Well, the church today faces many important issues as technological innovation transforms everything from communication to family structures to social relationships. We need the wisdom from God himself to properly engage and understand the world we live in. Yet, the primary way we learn what God has to say is the Bible, a book written between 2,000 and 3,500 years ago. How do we interpret the timeless Word of God, how we do that, shapes how we answer the important questions we face as we pursue God's mission in the world today. In this podcast, I'll help you to think through the issues of biblical hermeneutics so you can better interpret God's Word. In today's episode, you'll discover two things. Number one, which key issues to consider when interpreting the Bible, and also why hermeneutic strategies are used differently in different biblical genres. Now, there are five key components of biblical hermeneutics. Number one is context. As you try to interpret the meaning of the text, start by considering its context. Usually, interpreters consider two aspects of context. First, you have the historical context. You want to ask the question, what did the text mean in its original situation. Commentaries, or even book summaries at the beginning of a Bible or a study Bible, can help shed light on the historical situation. So, do you ever read something, you jump into a story in the Bible, and you have no idea when it happened, or who the people are in the story, or what the political events were that were going on? If we don't know those things, it can be hard for us to understand 
why certain sayings, why certain events within a particular book of the Bible are significant. And so Bible dictionaries with articles on specific biblical books can also help. In his book, The Hermeneutical Spiral, Grant Osborne suggests four specific questions to consider when looking at the historical text. So number one, who wrote the book? Number two, when was the book written? Number three, what group was the book addressing? And number four, what is the purpose or theme of the book? So understanding those, the answers to those questions will help us to understand what is going on in the book. Another important area of context to consider is a passage's logical context. What comes before and after the passage you are studying? The closer a section of text is to whatever you're studying, the more important it is in interpreting the passage. Now, again, Grant Arn describes eight concentric circles of context that help unlock the meaning of the text. Those circles include, number one, passage, immediate context, three, major section, four, book, five, six, testament, old versus new, and then number seven, the Bible, and then finally, genre. All right, so that is one of the five components of biblical hermeneutics, right? And so it's important to understand the context. Now, this was made, again, so important to me. Recently, I was reading a book um, written by a very popular Christian author, and that author then cites a particular passage out of Isaiah talking about how humans can change God's mind And this author then pulls out one verse in Isaiah and he says, see, this passage right here says that we can come and talk to God and God's willing to listen to our reasoning. And if our reasoning is good enough, then God will change his mind. That is not biblical. He does not get the context. He took that out of the context. In that particular context, God was trying to show his people of Israel that they were in the wrong, yet the people of Israel saying, no, they were right, and God was in the wrong. So understanding the context is very, very important. And that is just one example. Now, number two, the next thing to consider is grammar. It's important to consider the basic laws of language. Although knowing the original languages helps considerably with this step, without that background, we can still benefit from looking at how the biblical writers structured their sentences. Their books called commentaries. Again, these are scholarly books written by very brilliant people who will go through some entire, the entire Bible, others, particular books of the Bible, and they will go verse by verse dissecting those and helping us to break those down and understand what each verse means. And so commentaries will help you understand the grammar, but you don't want to depend on the this work by others. Comparing multiple Bible versions with varying translation strategies will help you make sure you are not leveraging a particular commentary writer's grammatical approach. In other words, use more than one source. There are some very good commentaries written by very good people, but some come with a particular point of view that they want to pull out of that particular text. So it's good to be well-rounded and to see what other experts say about a particular text. 
There are also, with the advent, of course, with all the computer technology available right now, there are digital Bible tools that can be very helpful as well. And so some of these Bible apps will allow you to tap on a word in most English translations and see the word in its original language, along with information about the grammatical construction. Now, at that point, you're only a few taps away from grammar textbooks that can fill in gaps about what a particular verb tense or noun form means. And so readers trying to make a proper interpretation of the verse don't need to note the grammatical construction of every single word, but can focus in on keywords of each verse, particularly the subject, verb, and important clauses. Next, we want to look at semantics. Word studies have become one of the most popular activities in recent years for helping to understand the Bible. One reason is that digital tools, again, make word studies really easy. Again, going back to his book, The Hermeneutical Spiral, Grant Osborne notes that semantics, which is determining word meanings, is a relatively young field in biblical studies. It dates back to the 19th century and really didn't move into the forefront until the 1950s. Again, original language background, along with an expanding original language vocabulary, helps with semantics, but many of the important skills aren't dependent upon language knowledge. Another author, Mark Ward, provides a great three-step guide that helps any biblical student dig into the words of Scripture. Okay, so do this. Number one, look for a promising word. Find a word that if it's better defined, you'll have a better sense of the passage and can more effectively apply it to your life and the lives of those with whom you're in community with. Number two, identify the underlying Greek or Hebrew word. Greek and Hebrew words often has, have multiple English meanings. Try to identify the meaning particular to your passage. So again, what happens is that the Bible is written in Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. And so an interpreter has to make a decision of how they're going to translate each particular word. And so if maybe English is your second language or you're fluent in another language, you know that there is not a word-for-word identical um, translation from each word of one language to another. So sometimes we have to make choices as to exactly how we're going to translate that word into English or into another language. And so it's important to understand that particular word in the original language to to understand its meaning in that context. Next, we need to find every instance of a particular Greek or Hebrew word. Again, this is where digital tools can help. But also, we can use a language concordance, which we will get to in another episode in this series. So, if we want to understand, let's say, the word faith, some digital tools or a concordance will help us to locate every single time in the Bible the word faith is used, and then we can go and see how do the authors use the word faith in those contexts to help us fully understand what the word faith means. But all this can be done without extensive original language knowledge. Once you discover the usage of a word, you can begin to look at it in context and get a better grasp of the meaning. Now, next we have syntax. When you look at the grammar of a verse or a passage of the Bible, 
You're focusing on the rules of how the words relate with one another. The syntax relates to how the words are actually used. Syntax is about the relationship between words. Sometimes studying the syntax of a verse simply means you look at a specific word and its place in the sentence. Is the noun being used as a subject or as an object? How is the verb understood when it has God for the subject? How is it understood when the word has God for its object? You can make these observations by looking through a concordance again, which we'll get through, or with the help of certain digital tools. Other times, studying the syntax of a verse is looking deeper into the figures of speech. In The Hermeneutical Spiral, again by Grant Osborne, he defines six types of figures of speech to consider. Sometimes authors use figures of comparison. This is like this. Or figures of addition or fullness of expression, right? Um, so X number of things the Lord hates. Yea, this number is greater, right? So again, these figures of speech. Um, in incomplete figures of speech, sometimes the authors will leave certain things unsaid and it's up to us to fill in what the intended conclusion is. There are figures involving contrast or understatement. There are figures centering on association or relation. There are figures also stressing the personal dimension of a situation. So understanding which, if any of these figures of speech are being used in the verse, they help you to unlock its meaning. Next, we have historical or cultural backgrounds. Understanding the background of a particular scripture helps it come alive for Bible students. Every story and discourse was written within a concrete cultural setting and written to a concrete situation. Now, within this, we have the historical grammatical method of interpretation. Historically, many Orthodox Christians have employed what is called the historical grammatical method to discern the author's intention in Scripture. It focuses on the historical context and the grammatical forms of the biblical text. Regarding the historical context, the reader should ask questions such as, who is the author? Who was the original audience? Do any cultural allusions in the text require further investigation? Paying attention to grammatical forms involves studying the meaning of words, understanding these syntactical relationships, and recognizing the literary structures of the text. Studying these things will help the interpreter not only understand a specific passage, but also ask how that passage contextually relates to what precedes or follows it. To sum up the significance of seeing the text in its proper historical and grammatical setting, we could perhaps say that the three most important words to remember when interpreting the Bible are these, context, context, context. The historical grammatical method stresses the importance of interpreting scripture according to its literal sense. This language is helpful so long as we understand that literal does not mean flattening out the literary nature of the text. Because scripture is literature, it often includes figures of speech, symbolism, metaphor, and other literary devices. Interpreting scripture according to its literal sense means correctly identifying these devices and understanding them according to the normal rules of the text's literary genre. 
So in scripture, he uses symbolism or poetry or prophetic text. We must interpret it symbolically or we're going to do violence to the author's intended meaning. So think about this. It's no different than when you read a regular book. Are you reading science fiction? Are you reading fantasy? Are you reading a romance novel? Are you reading historical fiction? Are you reading a book of poetry? Whichever genre of the book is that you're reading, you're going to come to that book trying to understand what is going on based on the lens of the particular genre you're reading. So you're not going to read, let's say, a sci-fi book using the same lens that you would an historical fiction book. You come to the book looking at what is going on through a certain lens. Same thing is true with the Bible. Now, next, we also have the analogy of faith to help us to understand the Bible. Because the Bible has a divine author as well as human authors, the divine author's intention must also be considered. In light of this, a foundational hermeneutical principle is the analogy of faith or the rule of faith, which says that Scripture must interpret Scripture. Remember, God does not contradict himself. So when we see God saying something in one part of Scripture, and it seems as though he says something different or contradictory in another part of Scripture, we have to wrestle with this. This is our responsibility to figure out how these two harmonize with one another. How do we make sense of them in light of their seeming contradiction? Beyond affirming that Scripture has just one sense, the literal sense as defined above, we must recognize, as the Bible does in 2 Peter chapter 3.16, that some places in Scripture are more difficult to understand than others. As I said, because God does not contradict himself, neither will his word contain contradictions. Therefore, there are places that are difficult to understand in Scripture. And so it is necessary to bring clearer portions of Scripture to bear on those when interpreting them. Now, I know all this sounds like a lot. But here's the thing. We, we read in God's word that he will make himself known to those who put in the hard work. So if we truly want to understand what God wants to say to us in the fullest sense, then you and I need to not be lazy. We need to put in the hard work. We need to be diligent students of God's word. We need to apply these principles so that we can unearth and dig deeper into the richness and fullness of these 66 books that, that God has given us. And so that's why we have people who study scriptures for their adult lives for all of it and still only scratch the surface of the meaning of the text. And so don't get discouraged. Just jump in and begin to employ some of these principles. Ask yourself those questions as you come to a book that we mentioned earlier, right? Those just basic questions will help us to understand a particular passage of the book better or even the entire book. So again, consider who wrote the book? When was the book written? What group was the book addressing? And then finally, what is the purpose or theme of the book? And as I preach through books of the Bible during the Normal Grasp the Bible series, we address each one of these things when we begin a new book. I talk about who wrote the book, when was it written, to whom was it written, and what are the big ideas we need to be looking for 
as we go into the book. So I do all this heavy lifting for us as we enter into each new book study on Grasp the Bible. So if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to some of our past episodes, I encourage you to go back and do that. They're all labeled there. And we will continue doing that once this current series is over. And I hope that you will join us then. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Dale, for introducing us to the subject of hermeneutics. As always, our goal is to help you understand and apply God's word in your daily life. Knowing how to properly interpret scripture is critical to this endeavor. Join us next week as Pastor Daryl gives us a three-step method for deeper Bible study. 